Hey there, welcome to The Hot Slice. I'm your host, Jeremy White, Editor-in-Chief of Pizza Today, joined today by Executive Editor Denise Greer. Hey, Denise. Hello. Creative Director Josh Cowan. What's up, Josh? Hello, guys. Hey, guys, this is, this is a very special episode of The Hot Slice. Very special. Very, very special. <laughs> this is episode number 100. We have done 100 of these now. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it really doesn't seem like it. Because no. Of course, the last two years have been quite a blur, a blur almost yeah. three now, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, but it doesn't seem like it. But yeah, I, 100 episodes of a podcast is, is, uh, is a great feat because most podcasts don't, most podcasts don't make it past like 30. So right. people, people just give up, you know, like we're out of ideas. So to get to 100 is, is a pretty big feat for a podcast. And it's a constant stopping. grind, right, Denise? We have to conceptualize. We have to brainstorm, come up with ideas, find new and interesting angles, yeah. find new and interesting guests. It's yeah. not easy to pull this off. But if I do say so myself, we're killing it. We're <laughs> yeah. saying. Yeah. We have, bu- we have busy guests. I mean, our guests are running businesses. Yeah. You know, they're, they're busy folks. They barely have time for themselves. And yet they are taking a half hour out or a, you know, a half hour to an hour out of their day and saying, Hey, we're going to get on the hot slice with the pizza today folk. And we're going to talk about business um, or fun because sometimes we just talk about fun too. Yeah. I so appreciate all the pizzeria owners and operators across the country who do general generously donate their time to us um, so that we can produce this podcast. And, but today we're not interviewing a pizzeria owner. We have a nope. very special guest that we intentionally saved for the 100th episode. Absolutely. And who's that guest? Drumroll. 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 Drum Who is it? Pete LaChapelle. Mr. Pete LaChapelle. La the, the one and only Pete um, for more than two decades was directly responsible for running all things pizza. Uh, Pizza Expo, Pizza Everything. Pasta Northeast. We yeah. used to have a Chicago Pizza Expo, um, mm-hmm. Pizza Today Magazine, any product that we produced, any show, any newsletter, anything we did, mm-hmm. Pete oversaw, directed, um, provided input, helped make it happen. Um, you know, Pete is the, he's a pizza industry's grandpa, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got the big white beard to prove it. Yes, the Ernest Hemingway beard. You know, it wasn't a blue moon. People shave off the beard, and he doesn't look like Ernest Hemingway. No, and it's uh, alarming. It's alarming when it happens. I'm just like, yeah, thrown back. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. He, uh, he's he's such a fixture in the industry that he he might be one of the most sought after people at Pizza Expo. Like For sure. people will come to the Pizza of the Day booth and be like, where can I find Pete? Where's, Where's Pete? Pete? I need to talk to Pete. Where's Pete? Uh, and you know, I'm a little jealous of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing that you should do, and we've all done it, so I'm preaching to the choir, but for, for those who are watching, pizzeria owners who know Pete well, one thing you should do one year in Las Vegas at Pizza Expo is – Walk the show floor with yeah. Pete, because I promise you, yeah, it's uh, lightning. 
it will take you four hours to you move 600 feet because yeah. every two feet, hey, Pete, ah, there's, there's a new <laughs> hug, a new kiss on the cheek, a new 30-minute yeah. conversation about my business and how it's going and how are you doing. And you cannot walk down one – I mean, plan on it being an aisle per hour, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it is going to take you all day to cover the show floor if you're walking with Pete. It's going to take you three days just to get through half of the show floor if you're Pete Bosch <laughs> right. at all. So. everybody knows Pete, right? The, the yeah. attendees, the pizzeria owner, yeah. no Pete. Exhibitors, and then all the yeah. exhibiting companies, no Pete. So if someone's grabbing him into a booth to share some product news or a pizzeria yeah. owner's trying to get my, my yearly, my annual Pete hug. It's just, yeah. it's, uh, it's like walking down um, Bourbon Street with, with, with your buddies. It's just a nonstop party you know? Yeah, it for sure is. And he's, you know, and you, you know, and I think about his social accounts, like, like Pete has the pulse of pizzeria operators, like the, the amount of folks that follow him and that he follows, and he is so engaged. Uh, he is, you know, he is everyone's friend in the, in the pizza business. And he just is always keeping up with, uh, what's happening, you know, always engaging, always responding to people, um, you know, he, he's just doing it all. Yeah. Hey, before we bring him on, um, I want all of us to share a Pete memory. So with Denise, what was your, your, you know, either your first encounter impression of Pete or, or your favorite Pete memory over the years? <laughs> Cause you have now been with pizza today for 15 years. 10, 11, 11, more than a decade, right? More than a decade. Josh is 15, more than a decade. You've worked with Pete for more than a decade. So what is one of your favorite Pete memories? Oh my goodness. Well, uh, actually the one that stands out is when, um, when I interviewed for pizza today, actually yeah. I walk into Pete's office and he tells me this is, this is going to be a very different experience. This is going to be a very different job. And I, I just always took that and it, it was so true. And then um, probably the next like fondest Pete memory was actually going to Pete's Expo, my per- first Pete's Expo and Pete kind of giving me that guidance of, okay, here's the industry here. Here's these folks. And he introduced me to people. And a lot of the people that I am connected with today, you know, are because, you know, Pete walked up and gave him a warm hug and said, here's Denise. She's, she's one of our new editors, you know, you know, take good care of her, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and so he, he, he mm-hmm. was really a great guiding hand. Absolutely. What about you, Josh? Um, well, definitely the slice, uh, slice of hope uh the yeah. one trip in particular from <laughs> from portland to seattle uh pete was on support for that and yep. you and i riding and we just i mean that's a trip of a lifetime that i will never yeah. forget Same. and we had so many great memories from that uh, but you know one of the funny memories i have of pete is uh we were shooting a uh, menu guide with john gudekans in the pizza day office and john <laughs> had his outdoor oven indoor yeah he walked Pete walked to the back and saw what was going on and just kind of like turn around, turn around, around yeah. he's like i don't i didn't I don't, see this i don't, don't want to know anything about it he didn't say a word he just turned around and walked back out yeah it was uh 
I remember it was that. a sketchy situation, but we got through it and we had a good menu guide for it because uh, John Goody Gas is and, awesome. And but. no sprinklers went off, so <laughs> no. we're good. Well, you yeah. know, hey, we did cover those sprinklers. Though. <laughs> had we blown up the building that day or burned it down, Pete was going to be able to say, I didn't Talk know anything it. about it. <laughs> yeah. He would have talked it out of it. You know, he, he's good. He, he knows how to talk. So yeah. how about you, Jeremy? Sure. You know, because you have a long history with Pete. <laughs> so many. I started um, with Pizza Today in the year 2000. So it, it worked very, have worked very, very closely with Pete for going on, I mean, my 22nd year. So just so many, really too many memories. Uh, probably the the largest enduring memory for me was our um, my very first trip to Italy uh, Pete took me to Italy uh, uh, Bill Oakley was on that trip as well but um, you know I had never been over there to experience the culture and how pizza is done over there and how the pizza industry and the food industry differs there from here here in the states mm-hmm. and um, you know, Pete took me over there and gave me quite an education and um, and then like Josh said the slice of hope bike tour that we did um 10 12 years ago to raise money for breast cancer research uh, pete is the person who got me into cycling every day Pete would would ride into the pizza today office on his road bike and sometimes he would take a lunchtime ride and um yeah i was a, a runner in college once upon a time was a good athlete had let myself get a little bit out of shape and i thought eh, this looks kind of fun i could ride a bike so i went and bought a bike and started riding with pete and some of our lunchtime rides that we would have, we would once in a while take an hour from about noon to one, ride um, from the office to the top of this awesome hill in Iroquois Park in Louisville, Kentucky and back. And the conversations we would have on those rides about the industry, about different people in the industry, about I, some of the best ideas for the magazine and Pizza Expo came at a stoplight, you know, sloshing down a drink of water really quickly mm-hmm. on a bike ride. And because we could free our minds a little bit and um, there's so many memories, but those two really, you know, they, they, they really stand, stand out to me a lot. But Pete has been for my entire career, a, a mentor. And like you said, a, a guiding, a guiding hand. Um, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be doing the job that I do today without Pete LaChapelle. No, no doubt about it. So he has been a, a hugely important figure, you know, to me and and a lot of people in the pizza industry would say that about Pete too. So now the biggest thing I'll say is that he's given us so much freedom to do what we want and that what we want to do, but like do what we do best and given us the freedom to, to run with it. And, um, I mean, that says a lot. And, uh, I think it's while we're here, where we're here at today. He's definitely no, you're right. nurtured our creativity, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. We are all creative people and uh, with the same common vision and goal. But if you stifle creative people, things aren't yeah. going to go well. And, you know, Pete lets the horses run. And um, and it's Kentucky Derby week, so I had to work on horses. <laughs> but and, 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 and that's what we do. And, yeah, so anyway, let's uh, – episode number 100. Happy 100th, by Happy the way. Happy 100th. Let's get Pete LaChapelle on. 
Performance Food Service is proud to deliver high-quality products, innovative technology, and custom operational solutions to restaurants of all sizes across the country. The flagship division of Performance Food Group, with deep roots in the restaurant industry, Performance Food Service has been the exclusive distributor of the Roma family of brands for more than 65 years. This signature relationship has allowed Performance Food Service to become a leader in the pizza and Italian segment of food service nationwide. Hear that? That's the sound of a pizza being made with delicious Baccio cheese. For the past decade, Baccio has provided customers exceptional Italian pizza cheese with its signature kiss of buffalo milk. With a superior melt, endless stretch, and a rich creamy taste beyond compare, Baccio is honored to celebrate this 10-year anniversary with all of its partners. Schedule a demonstration at BaccioCheese.com slash hotslice to learn more. Pizza's your legacy. Build it with Baccio. All right, got it. now now go for it. What do you mean you got big news? Okay, hey, Pete LaChapelle, we've got big news. The reason we waited until this podcast to have you on, this is our 100th episode. This is episode number 100 of the Hot Slice Podcast, and we said way back when, on episode 100, Pete is going to be the guest. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So welcome to episode... <laughs> that, that's- we- we didn't have balloons in the budget. We were going to get no. balloons for everybody. To- <laughs> okay. hey, we contacted Ops to see if they could get confetti at your house and balloons. And they said that was going to be too expensive. And all this so. time I've been wondering, how come they never invited me to come? <laughs> we're saving, saving you for the best, Pete. That's we were we saving you for 100, Pete. Uh, it, 100. Um, <laughs> wow. How long ago did you start this? So if you recall, we sat in our uh, boardroom or our meeting room in Louisville, yeah. Kentucky. Um, and we were, this was 2017, we were talking about ideas for the future, uh, things we could, could yep. do to push out more content to the industry. And um, the idea of a podcast came up and we all kicked it around and talked about how we would do it and what we would do. And it just, from that little moment, that's when the seed was planted and it just kind of, you, 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 you said, okay, let's try this. And so we tried it and here we are. Yeah, that's the, cool. The pandemic, that's man, cool. it really catapulted yeah. us into the uh, into yeah. the podcast sphere. So, so uh, Pete, you know, one of the first questions I have to ask you is, tell us about your show experience this year because after missing it, um, you know, in two thousand, and yeah. then it was a little different in two thousand twenty-one because <laughs> you're such a big piece of the show, and like our industry just loves that that peak time yeah well you know it's 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 this show was almost it was almost like 2019 which was was our best our best show ever we have been growing every year with both um, attendance and and the number of exhibitors for 11 years straight and and this year while we didn't have quite the number of of exhibitors um, the attendance, I think we, I think, I think it was close to five, just 500 short of wow. what we had in 2019. So wow. that made the aisles really crowded. You know, I joke about it and say that it looked like a college bar on a Friday night and <laughs> awesome, you know, but, um, yeah. yeah, it was so great to see everybody. And really what was also pretty cool is that, you know, we, we, obviously we have a core attendee base. Mm-hmm. that you know you can almost count on seeing them every single time right and, and they showed up in august which mm-hmm. was really kind of a teary affair you know 
Right. Was, I'm, I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. But it was it was really kind of a teary affair in 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 August, and they all came back again in March. Yeah. Which was really cool. So March was the celebration. Um, August was like, oh God, I'm so happy you're still alive, you know. Right. <laughs> For sure. But, but, but we made it this year, far. <laughs> this year was was this year's March show was just amazing. It, it just to to see everybody and 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 to I, I it's hard to describe, you know. And 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 my role now is is a little different. Okay. Yeah. That I, I don't have a day to day role in 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 managing anything anymore, you know, but it, but, and I, and I actually thought that I would be able to spend even more time on the show floor because I, 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 I don't like staying in the office. I, my, my, my goal was to spend as much time on the show floor as possible and just mm -hmm. wander around and, and see people. And my, actually my favorite place over the years is been to hang out in the lobby before the door opens yeah you know oh. because that's always fun you know you the see excitement building yeah familiar faces and and you know stories over the years you know i mean that's where i met jonathan goldsmith mm -hmm. you know five five years in a row i met him in the in the lobby out front and and um you know that's that's i i met god tons of people out there but anyway, yeah, this this year was a special year. It was it was really awesome. Pete, what show was this for you? I started my very first Pizza Expo was in the year two thousand. So I think you what ninety six, ninety seven, or something. No, I mean, no, my I actually came here in December of ninety eight. Ninety eight. Ninety eight. Yep. Wow. And and my first show was was March of ninety nine. Mm -hmm. And so what did we miss? We missed, did we have a show in 20? 20 was the year that we were, we were canceled due to yeah. COVID. Okay, right. And I then think. it was supposed to be in and June of 21. It got pushed to August. Off to August, right. Yeah. yeah. So yes, my first one was, was um, March of 99. And I mean, that was, that was really wild because I didn't know anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I remember my first experience going there, memorable experience was was actually at the time it was Bull and Beer. Mm -hmm. and yeah, that's right. Just, I was a fly on the wall and just wanted to watch, you know. Yeah. And um I remember watching somebody who was the the um the MC or the organizer or the, the primary speaker and he, he walked around with the microphone in his pocket for two nights in a row. And I thought yeah who is that guy, you know, and I got back and found out he was getting $2,000 a night for doing it. And so that was my first major, well, my first major decision was, is that, okay, I know how to save four grand. The worst that happens is I can walk around with a microphone in my pocket. And the second one was, is that clearly the bull happens after the beer. So we yeah. flip-flopped it from bull and beer to beer and bull. Yeah. And, um, and then that from there, that's probably where I met, the most people mm -hmm. is, is when I first went there and explained to the audience, which was about 35 people mm -hmm. and um, two kegs of beer. <laughs> and um, good ratio. That's a good ratio there. Oh, it was an awesome ratio. I, I mean, back then they would go on for three, three plus hours. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. I, remember the, I remember the bartender would, would say, Pete, I got to go, you know, and I'd say, okay, how much beer we have? And he'd, he'd shake it, you know, this one's still full. And I said, how many cups? And I said, okay, fill up all the cups. And then I turn to the audience and say, you know, we're not leaving until we finish all the cups. <laughs> and then I'd walk around with trays, you know, serving everybody, trying to hear and listen yeah. and, and keep the thing going. And, and, you know, that's where I met. I mean, the number one guy I met was Dan Collier. Yeah. You know, because as I would explain to the audience that, look, honest to God, you know, I, I need this gig. So I need you guys to ask questions and I need other people to answer them. And, um, when the lull happened, there was always this guy with kind of longish hair on the back of his, you know, head, you know, Dan, you gotta love him. <laughs> and um, he'd raise his hand when, when nobody else would. Yep. He would yep. come up with the most brilliant answer. And then before I could find him, he'd be gone, you know, at, at the yep. end of it, uh -huh. you know, after we finished all the beer and I'm thoroughly served. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then, then to find out that, you know, was it Rusty's? Rusty's. Yeah, he was with Rusty's. Yeah, at that time he was before Dan. Yes. Was he the president of Rusty's? He was. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was amazing. So it was no wonder he had such brilliant answers, you know. And, and yeah. today, I was just I, I was know. reading his article in the in the magazine, and and um, but he was like the first guy that I, I I grew to rely on, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that is how Dan made his name for himself. Uh, no one knew who he was, and he would stand up in beer and bull, and you'd hear this this deep radio voice. He's yeah. got that great voice, and then you look at him, and he's got he's got the mullet, he's got the nineteen seventies mustache. He drove into that Corvette, and you're like, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. He's so smart, and we're like, oh my gosh, this guy is smart. <laughs> you, you know? Brilliant, brilliant answers. Twenty plus years later, he's still like a major fixture at, at Pizza yeah. Expo. Speaks at the show now, and, yeah. but it all started by contributing answers at yep. Beer and Bull. Yeah, yep. yeah, Beer and Bull was cool. I had no idea. I've been here fifteen years. I had no idea you used to be uh, Bull and Beer. Yeah. I had no idea oh, yeah. either. I had no idea it was Bull and Beer. <laughs> and and, I, and you know it, when it, you know there were some years where I'd ask the first question and I didn't get much of a, an answer, you know, or, or, and I'd say, okay, that's it. 10 minutes, everybody go grab a beer. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. It. You know, I want to back these suckers up because clearly you're not loose enough. Well, and, it's, um, it's crazy how much the community has grown yeah. since, since that time, you know, nobody was willing to open up and whatnot, but it's, it's just a drastic difference in that. Now it's a yeah. bigger community yeah. and everybody wants to share. I really yeah. think that that, you know, again, I go back to that beer and bowl that that was where the community, I think the community started to develop, you know, at least at yeah. Pizza Expo. And yeah. people felt comfortable enough to come up and say, hey, you know, I was at this seminar today and um, it was on such and such a topic. And I, I think I can do a better job. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd, I'd say, really, you do? So yeah, yeah. I said, well, okay, next year, Make sure you call me when you get home so I remember, you know. Yeah. But next year, how about you go on a panel? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And then, you know, I don't want to throw you in the deep end right off right. the top. But, but how about you jump on a panel? And then if, you, if you're still comfortable, then the following year you get your own, you know, your own seminar. And, uh -huh. and what happened was is, is that and back in 90, 
back in the in the late 90s when when it started there were no offense but there were a lot of professional speakers right and yeah. and, and they would pull as i've said many times they pull shoe store out and drop pizzeria in right and and now a lot of motivational speakers you're right yes yeah and 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 then as the years went on you know and, and real pizzeria operator owners started speaking they were not necessarily professional speakers right and they may not have been even the best of speakers but the audience knew that if that guy had the balls to get up there and tell me about his mistakes and and i know that that guy knows what i'm doing and there was a trust that built up and so you didn't have to be an outstanding speaker you just knew that that guy knows his stuff yeah and and yeah. and then again then then the sharing started happening and um but i really think all of that really started with with beer and bull and that was a major sea change in the way we did everything we started transitioning away from motivation motivational speakers into people who are actually in the trenches every day and then we took that a step further in the magazine and started going away from professional full-time freelance writers which we still use on it periodically as needed and started having people who are in the trenches operating pizzerias every day write yeah. the articles as well and that flip in the way we did things i think has has been a massive benefit to the industry yeah yeah, yeah. you know I, I i noticed that the other day that nora Kaley still writes for us yeah she's been around a long and time I, I don't know if you knew that but nora Kaley used to write for me yeah. Back when I had my bakery magazine. That's wow. how we got hooked up with her. Yeah. 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 Nora Kelly awesome. was is an excellent writer. And she uh, is. And she's one of the I mean, she's probably our longest term freelancer that we have. Yeah, she's probably. one of only three or four people that we rely on who yeah. don't actually own or run a pizzeria. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. She knows her stuff. Yeah. She knows her stuff. So Hey, Pete, you know, as I'm thinking about, you know, your time span with, uh, with Pizza Today, Pizza Expo, you know, as far as, you know, we talk about that sea change, what, you know, because you're, you know, you're, you've got such a great pulse for the operators and just talking to the operators and them reaching out to you on social and interacting with them, you know, what, what are you seeing right now when you have conversations with operators like, like, what are you hearing from them on what they're experiencing um, in the industry right now? You know, I, I think we could probably, I'm thinking about this the other day, that, that the industry, uh, we deal with, when you go to Pizza Expo, mm -hmm. I think what we're looking at is like the top 25% of the pizzeria operators out there, the most success, the, the most successful 25% in the industry. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there are pizzerias and then there are pizzerias, you know, I mean, you can yeah. go to Manhattan and, and, <laughs> right. and, and, and see a typical slice shop, you know, um, even, even your Dom DeMarco's of the world was walking by it. It just looked like a pizzeria, but you know, clearly he, he there was something different going on in there. Yeah. Um, I, th I think right now the, the, the biggest challenge for them is, is, is the labor situation, you know, and, and as much as, you know, they still haven't fleshed out all their hours, 
you know um we we still we we there are plenty of them that are that have lost one unit and they're down uh-huh. they're down to one unit or down to two units um and then you got guys like Nick Bagots that are just killing out the door right I mean, you know, yeah. I mean you know you, you read that and you think who is that guy flipping them uh, in five days <laughs> but a lot of a lot of a lot of businesses have changed you know i tried making reservations the other night um at the garage oh on, yeah on market street oh yeah 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 and he's only open for for takeout oh wow that's oh it. wow four nights a week that's it you can't he, he doesn't have so clearly that's an, a labor issue yeah you know because yeah. he has a really cool facility there yeah, he does. Um, but I, I think labor is their biggest challenge. Um, I think that, you know, the, the, the styles are saving them. I think that they, they, they are definitely trying, not so much reinventing themselves, but, but making sure that they're putting out a high quality product, especially that, that top 25%. I think if you don't change right now, you're, you're potentially on the bubble. Yeah, you know, I, I think that there are many. I don't want to call them normal. I think there are many smaller pizzerias that that um, need to take a look around at their neighborhood and say, "Hey, okay, we we, we got to do something special here because otherwise, you know, I'm not going to be around." Yeah, you know, you, know, you look at and, and and if they do something special, then they can take their prices up and feel good about it, you know, which yeah, is another right. major challenge is, is that, yeah. but, but, you know, we, we've been saying that for, you know, I, I remember standing up in beer and bowl 15 years ago going, you know, saying such and such a chain is selling a pizza for six bucks. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know, you know, we're selling something for six bucks. I don't know. You can't call it pizza, but, yeah. But I don't know what you get for six bucks, but yeah. you guys got to raise your, your prices. And, yeah. um, but anyway, I, I, I think that the top 25% has gone through some, some major changes over the last couple of years, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, many of them were, you know, dining rooms were like the really cool thing three years ago. We're going to go a, a, a nice experience. And they started building beautiful bars and, and, and fleshing out their 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 restaurants with with nice interiors and then all of a sudden the that beautiful bar became a staging area for delivery mm-hmm. and, yeah. and i think that there's still some folks out there that are a little bit reluctant to go that way i think some folks found that maybe their business is more efficient as a as a delivery right yeah. operation I, I talked to quite a few folks that were, you know, if they're going to do another unit, it's going to be just carry out and deliver. Right. Delco. I heard that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Delco's Delco's important to this industry. I mean, it, it has always been important to our industry, especially in the chain portion of our industry, but now independents are seeing that there are so many benefits to it. And, and, and for, you know, the reality is like third parties played a role in this, you know, the pandemics played a role in this. Um, delivery was actually on the upswing even before um, the pandemic happened. Like we were seeing the uptick um, happening with deliveries and carryouts. Um, and so that it's still going to steamroll forward, I think. You know what I still haven't gotten a handle on is, is third-party delivery is, is still seems to be a 
love it or hate it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. There's, Either you love it or hate it. Nobody's lukewarm about it. Everybody's like, yeah. oh, I'm all yeah, in. Yeah, the, you know what I mean? Devil. Nobody's like, eh. I, I still haven't figured that out, you know? It, it, yeah. I think it's just person to, I mean, uh, pizzeria yeah. to pizzeria. I mean, if it fits their model a little bit better, it, you know, that, hey, we're all for it. If, oh. if it doesn't, think... we already got something in place, it's, it's the devil. So, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's just pizzeria to pizzeria preference. I think our industry is still waiting for the third-party delivery to, to, to establish their own guidelines and uh, standards like other industries have, and we haven't seen them formulate together to say, hey, as an industry, here are the standards we're going to have and here's how we're going to roll. Like, we're still waiting for them to do that. Yeah. And so I, I think I, until they establish that, you're still going to have this big divide between love it or hate it, <laughs> you know? And as these, you know, it, right as the third parties were rising, that's when the pandemic hit as well. So it was like, that really took it in another range as well. So, I mean, yeah, I, they, they really need some, uh, uh, some organization for sure. Okay, yeah. here's one for you. How? I think this whole Stella pizza idea is 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 cool. Okay. Yeah. The robotic, but, uh, robotic I mean, the, the fact that the machine can can knock out a dough ball and and turn it into a pizza in mm -hmm. X number of minutes. Okay. But how are they going to sell it? Because it's a delivery vehicle at the same time, isn't it? It's is, a. Uh, it, it's treated like a food truck. It's treated like a, um, uh, a, a vehicle, like it's treated like a food truck. Uh, so and it does it have be... one, it, ha it is manned. There's, there's a person right. that actually right. like takes the pizzas and, and does the customer service aspect. Okay. Of it. So, so is it, is it some, is it a, a vehicle that will pick up a, a, a position and then you go and you buy it from there or is I... it, or, or from what I understand, it was going to deliver it to your house. And maybe yeah. I've got that all wrong. They could. They, I mean, they could. Uh, so we we need to bring the CEO on sometime to, uh, to, yeah, we to talk about the robotic yeah. stuff. Because it's a very interesting topic. And you have the, the robotic, the automated uh, pizza making machines that like Pizza Expo and things like that. So, I, you know, it's... I don't it's, know how you can... You can you can sell enough pizza. I mean, unless you like the ice cream truck that when yeah. I was little going down, you know, and ringing the bell, you know, and, and then people come out and they want to buy ice cream. I get that. Yeah. But that's not how pizza, you yeah. know, you're not going to go down the street and selling pizzas out, you know, and a whole bunch of kids come out and say, Ooh, ooh I want mine. Yeah. And, and to go from, from my house to your house, to your house, I mean, back and forth. I mean, yeah, this seems inefficient. So, I could see if it if it if it had a permanent position or or sat outside a bar at night, you know, then mm -hmm. then yeah, it could it could pop out pizzas left and right. But yeah, I don't know the technological advances are. I mean, think about the way the show has changed, Pete. My very first Pizza Expo in two thousand, there were people there building massive sandcastles and carving <laughs> and carving art out of ice ice sculptures, and now there's a huge robot on the show floor making pizza yeah 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 remember the days of the the sandcastles i mean <laughs> there were some things we changed over yeah. there uh, the thing is, is automation is not going anywhere it's just going to continue yeah. to grow it's just operators are going to decide how they're going to use it and right. overwhelmingly our operators say we still want a hand touched product yeah. so how can you 
automate other things and still have a handmade product is basically kind of where people are looking as far as any independent market. I don't know. Yeah. Right. But there's a place for it. Look at the labor yeah. shortage. That's why kiosk or even you even go into a, a McDonald's now and you may not order from a human being. You may just be pressing buttons on a kiosk and yep. that's because yeah. of the labor shortage. And it no, comes absolutely. at the best. It's coming at the great time. It's coming in, you know, at a time where, you know, like uh, uh, 10 years ago, I've been like, no, 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 no robots here. Just, I want everything yeah. handmade. But like now it's just like, well, you know, you got to get, you got to move on. You got to move on. Yeah. We don't have the people. So this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Right. It's been interesting to see on social media, um, the people that I would have thought would say, absolutely not. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And they're actually considering it. I mean, you yeah. know, they actually kind of support the idea. And you, and I can tell that they're gingerly supporting it because, yeah. you know, their peers are like, they're looking around, yeah. you know, who's going to hit me in the back of the head for you yeah. thinking that thinking way. about it. But hey, when you're struggling, when you're struggling to find employees and yep. it's taking everything out of you. Yeah. I'm going to think about other avenues. <laughs> oh, yeah. Struggle I mean, is always going to drive it. If you, if you've gone from, three or four units down to, to one or two, mm-hmm. you, you lost something there. And, and the reason was, is that you, it's primarily because of lack of labor. Yeah. And so you, you have to think of along those lines. Yeah. Now I recently saw that there was a robotic company that, that packed it in that decided, okay, oh, really? this wasn't going to happen. I, um, it was a Cal, it was another California based one, I believe, but it, it's, you know, if it's not to bake the pizza, maybe it's to do the, the handiwork. I mean, or wash dishes or something, you know, yeah. just be able to anything, collect yeah. dishes and, and doing all the prep work. I mean, right. I mean, we've always had automation and prep work, but not to the scale we have it now. I mean, right. I mean, right. you, you know, you, you lose your couple of hours of labor doing prep work if you're using an automated prep system. So and even prep tables are now smart. Like they're smart. They know how to do everything. They self clean. They, uh, you know, they're just, I mean, the, just the innovation is, is, is crazy from even when I started here 10 years ago to now. I so saw my first stuff. machine. It was a, it was a, a soft drink machine. I, I don't, I don't like drive through. Okay. I rarely, yeah. like I do drive through maybe twice a year. Um, and I can't even tell you why, but I just don't, I want to go in and, uh, but I was, I was went through a drive through not too long ago and the, 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 the soda machines was like on a conveyor and huh. I was in this, this person, you know, punching in, yeah. in an order into a, in, into a, uh, like a tablet on the wall and here and all of a sudden the cup comes down and it's mm-hmm. automatically filling up. And I was like, wow, where have I been? You know, but that's cool. I've been out here and, yeah. Brandenburg, Kentucky. Yeah. As somebody who has worked fast food in my life, never having to do that with every single drink oh. you do. That's pretty amazing. I, love I think that. I might just go back to fast food now. If, 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 if get all those if comforts. Yeah. If anybody's listening out here, we, we need a really good pizzeria. And, oh, there you, there go. you go. That's the truth. There you go. There's the market in really, Brandenburg. Jump on it. Somebody. Really do. We are the, the capital of fast food. Um, all of the yum brands just moved from one end of town to built everybody's they're building new stores, you know, and everybody's thinking, cool, maybe we'll get a Starbucks. No, it's another Kentucky fried chicken, another Taco Bell, another, you know, yeah, I mean, F&D's. 
<laughs> or Long John Silvers. I'm sorry. Maybe you get sorry, Long John brands. Silvers or an A and W. This is a, de a desert out here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a hundred. This is the hundredth one. Hundredth episode. Yeah. So one thing. Let's 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 hit on this. Okay. What is one of your favorite memories? In oh, your besides, besides like, hiring all of us. Besides, is, yeah. Besides us. What's one of your you favorite? <laughs> See now, what I was going to say is, is, is when we, we used to be so we used to do cool like our bike rides, slice of hope. Yeah, slice of hope. Slice of hope was really cool, you know. I mean, yeah, it, and, and um, you know, it was really a, a token effort, mm -hmm. you know, but it was something that that resonated with the industry, and 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 people saw that, you know, we were trying to do something special, you know, that was yeah. really cool. Um, my favorite memories, you know, I miss Pat Bruno. Yeah, I miss Pat. Yeah. Pat Bruno, um, was a really special guy. I really, I really, he was one of the very first guys that kind of befriended me when I didn't know anybody. And, um, I used to be able to, you know, when the show was much smaller, I used to be able to go and spend half hour at a time behind the curtain with Pat, you know, yeah. shoot the breeze, you know, and, and, um, you know, do you remember when he was taking comedy classes? <laughs> I do remember that. And, and he would try out his jokes on me. <laughs> and they weren't, he wasn't really very good. He was, it wasn't but, his calling. But, but he had guts, man. Yeah. And he was, I, I miss Pat Bruno. Pat Bruno in my mind was, was, was really a cool guy. You know? Yeah. Dave Ostrander was another one. Yeah, that really yeah. played a big role in it, but um, yeah, a, a a favorite memory. I mean, all the shows, I, I they all kind of blend together. They're all night, they're yeah. all great, but they all kind of like you know, yeah, all yeah. blend together a little bit. Yeah, I mean, of all the aspects, I think Beer and Bull was was some of my favorite times. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, and for those who don't know, we still do beer, beer and bowl today. We still do it. Yeah. 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 Actually, this year it got pretty close to going back to the way it used to be. I think I think it, it it's got serious potential to go back and and I'll bet you this time we could have gone an hour and a half and, and asked you mm. questions, you know, but everything is so scheduled right now that, that yeah. Okay, we got to go party now. It's, it's, it's yeah. You know. There's four other events after this, so yeah. <laughs> right. For sure. Yeah. Well, I miss you guys. I, I I miss I miss going into the office. I I miss um. I I'm dying for the next show. That was the best yeah. part. Was that you know when you go to the show, you, you got recharged for the whole year. It yeah. gave you conversations that you could you could relate to and 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 yeah and and refer back to you know and and you guys get out on the road a whole lot more than i did yeah you know so you guys it, it for me it was it was my primary time to interact with with the, the pizzeria owners sure and that's why on, on on social media you know i i do i check i probably check it too often but i i yeah. really do try to keep up with everybody and to see what they're doing and and how well they're doing and and uh and that but and since we haven't been on the road uh that much of course during the pandemic this podcast has really helped 
right. me personally, just to yeah. stay in touch stay with all connected. the pizzeria owners, yeah. just to stay connected. Yeah. I mean, this has been a huge thing. Yeah. During the pandemic, this is the only way we really got to talk to pizzeria operators. We couldn't yeah. get on an airplane even, you know, had we wanted to at that time, we, we wouldn't have even been allowed to. So right. this is how we kept our finger on the pulse and how we talked to people um, mm. and learned what was going on in their shops and what they were doing to try to get through this pandemic. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I don't know why you just popped into my head. Um, have you had Rocky Shanauer on on this? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. a couple times. A couple times. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky's a good guy. He gave a great keynote. He did. He did. He, did. he really, he really did. did. He really. That was an excellent keynote, and, and I, I, I shouldn't say I was surprised, but I was surprised. I, I, I mean, he did a, a really good job at it. Yeah. I, I was, I was impressed with that. He, yeah, Rocky killed it. If you're ever in right. North, like North Central Ohio, his shop. Uh, uh, Amish country is like it's it's such a great great representation of what you can do in small town America yeah, and just yeah. kill it. You know, Ohio is a hotbed for pizzerias. Yeah, for you pizzerias. would not it's know really it, but you know, I mean, look at Gudikans. Gudikans. Yeah, is, mm -hmm. I yeah. Mean, he is clearly He's in that little college nice. town. <laughs> He, he, he uses more ingredients in a week than most guys. Right. <laughs> right. And then we were on social media again. Who was it? Um, somebody says, you, you use words I've never even heard of before. You know? <laughs> he invents half of his words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why we love him. <laughs> He's yeah. <hilarious. laughs> so. yeah, for sure. Awesome. All right. Well, Pete, thanks for joining us today uh, in, in, on the 100th episode and just talking about the way the show has changed over the decades. Thanks so much for inviting me. I, hey, I, we'll meet again at 200. How about that? We'll just, yeah. we'll just go ahead and plan it out. <laughs> hey, yeah. I, 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 you know where to find me. Yep. You know? I, I, you know, I'm, as you know, my role has changed. Okay. And I, and right now I'm, I'm focusing on on either starting, finding, or, or uncovering some new new shows to build our food group. Uh -huh. um, I still have a dream of taking Pizza Expo to Europe some sometime. Yeah. Yeah. A little something on the drawing board. We'll see, you know. Yeah. But, um, you know, right now we're, we're kind of looking at a, a Latino food and beverage event. Mm -hmm. You know, remember we did that years ago with Left yeah. I think... I mean, we missed the mark back then, but I think uh, it's got strong potential now. Yeah. So anyway, so I, I like I said, I don't have a day-to-day -day management in, uh, anymore for, for Pizza Today or, or Pizza Expo. But, you know, this is my chance to wish everybody all the best of luck. And, and I'm not going anywhere, that's for sure. Otherwise. No. But um, so, if, yeah, 200. Yeah, I'll be back for 200. That'd be cool. Right Everyone on. watching this right now and listening will see you in March in Las Vegas. You bet. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And or or you know, come on out to Atlantic City and, and yeah. pizza. And That's Boston. right. Pizza That's and right. Boston Northeast. That, that'll be yep. cool. So yeah. anyway, thanks guys. I really appreciate it. And it, it has been just a blast for 23 years. <laughs> I know. It, it has been. been. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks. All right. All right. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Have a good day. See you later. Thank All you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. See ya. Bye.